Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. We're coming into a topic as uh, this is Together We Believe. Together We Believe. And so over the next couple of months, we're going to be talking about what we believe as a church and, and what we believe together uh, can take place. And I, I love this topic. Why? Because I, I get to share about faith. Because I, I believe as Christians, we are supposed to live a life of faith. Who believes that? We're supposed to live a life of faith. We're supposed to live a life that goes beyond this natural realm and impacts someone for all eternity. For all eternity. Each and every one of us has a gift. Each and every one of us has a call, an individual call for our life that we are to fulfill. You know, you have a call. I have a call. And it is unique. And so tonight, I'm just going to share uh, for a, you know, a couple of moments about what we believe when it comes to faith. Um, I believe that many Christians right now, that they're moved by what they see, not really moved by the convictions that God has given them. You know, to live a life of faith, we are moved not by what we see, but actually by what we believe. I love Smith Wigglesworth. He makes this statement. I'm not moved by what I see. I am moved by what I believe. A great revivalist that had gone before us, a great healing revivalist. You know, I, I think this, is that right now, in this world, in this moment, many people act not out of their convictions, but out of their emotions. They act out of what they've seen, what they've felt, what they've heard, not out of who they are. And that's one thing about faith, is that you act out of who you are, not how you feel. You know, some people will call, you know, the Word of God a book of instructions, a book of laws, a, a book of principles. I believe they are all that, but it takes faith in applying them to your life to see results. It takes faith. I believe that through a relationship comes a conviction, comes a, a, a thing where you can take hold of the Word of God and outlive the Word of God in your life. I want to say tonight is to outlive the Word of God takes faith. It takes believing that is sovereign. Let me put it this way, is that when you apply the principles in the Word of God, you become proactive in this world rather than reactive. You become proactive in this world rather than reactive. You know, you are ready to be, or in the other words, you are ready to be the answer or the solution to the problem that comes yeah. in front of you. That's what I love about faith. That's what I love about knowing where God has put you. Because all of a sudden, you, you become the answer. You become the spokesman or the answer that God has. And so tonight, I just want to share for a couple of moments. You know, when you're moved by what you believe or faith, and when you have faith and expectancy, they go with it. They Go with it. So tonight, I want to talk just quickly. I want to take the scripture. If you're taking notes, I call this really just blind faith. Because I believe sometimes it's not what we see, but it's what we believe that gives us the edge in life. 
Matthew 9, 27 to 29. It talks about two blind men. And when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, or the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. When I read this scripture, it reminds me of another scene in the Bible. A guy by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Another story where Jesus was going from Jericho and he was traveling and, and there was this blind man that was on the road and he heard that Jesus was coming. And as he sat there, he heard Jesus. And, and this guy, he would have sat there, he would have heard the stories of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, how he raised people from the dead, how he healed leprosy, how he healed those things, and, and he's tucked, tucked away. But I, I remember this story clearly because on the road he shouts out, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, in that moment where he was shouting out and the crowd was around Jesus, they actually called back, to this blind man and said, hey, hush, be quiet. But as soon as someone told him to be quiet, he yelled out all the more, son of David, Jesus, son of David, son of David, have mercy on him. And you know what? Jesus, with compassion, heard his cry. He silenced those, and he said to those that were hushing him, hey, how about you go and get him and you bring them? And all of a sudden, he, he gets up. And in those days, if I could have that, to identify a beggar or to identify a blind person is that they actually wore a poncho. No, a cloak. <laughs> and, and back in this day, what you've got to realize, they don't have internet. They don't have any of those things. But as a beggar... It was the cloak that identified you as being legal to beg. And so what they would do is they would go to, say, you know, the legal office, the government of the day, or the temple, and they would, you know, identify as, hey, listen, I have a disability, and they would get a cloak, which means that they could sit on the, the road and actually beg. And so it says in the scripture for blind Bartimaeus is that when Jesus called him, he took his cloak off and he left his cloak. In other words, what took place is that when Jesus called him, he took off the identity of being and having a disability and went to Jesus. Jesus turns to him and says, hey, what do you want? Well, it's pretty obvious But I love in these two scriptures, if you read these stories, is right there, Jesus never asked them, what can I do for you? He never asked that statement. He says, do you believe that I am able? Right. You know, the first thing that I find, and this is the first point that I've got right here, is that in each moment, these blind people, these ones that were in need, actually identified and acknowledge Jesus' sovereignty. 
In other words, they said, you know what? This right here, this identity that man is giving, this disability right now, I'm chucking it to the side. Because right now, this doesn't have any authority over me right now. It's right now, that doesn't have any authority. I'm throwing it down and I am stepping into. In other words, they're stepping out of death and into life. And here they are in this moment. They're identifying, they're saying, right now, God, I'm going to declare your sovereignty over my identity right now. I know who you are. They were crying out, son of David, son of David. In other words, what they were saying was the chosen one, the Messiah, the king, you have all authority. Right now, I'm acknowledging who you are in my life. No more will I acknowledge this disability. No more will I acknowledge this label. You know, there are some people in this room right now that you need to throw the label on the ground. That label that has been spoken over you. Maybe it is that one of, hey, you're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You know, maybe it was from a parent that spoke something over your life. And all of a sudden, you've taken it to heart. Friend, today, that is not your identity. That is not your label. Your identity is actually found in Him. And it's been holding you back. It's been holding you back from stepping into what he has for you. Right here in this moment, these blind people, they decided, you know what, right now, we're going to acknowledge the sovereignty of who he is. They knew the authority of a king's word. They knew the authority of when Jesus spoke. All heaven had to listen. Ecclesiastes. 8 verse 4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, What are you doing? They knew. They acknowledged his sovereignty. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us whether they were blind from birth but they had a desire, they had a dream to be made whole. They had a dream to be made whole. They had a dream to see. They had a desire to see like everyone else. They had a desire to step in, step into life and life abundantly. I believe that this is the first thing when it comes to entering in to the promise that God has for us is that if we're going to enter into all that God has for us, then we actually need to acknowledge His sovereignty in our life. We need to acknowledge His sovereignty. We need to acknowledge who He is in our life. Friend, today, have you acknowledged Him more than just Savior? Have you acknowledged Him as Lord? Have you acknowledged him as king? Have you acknowledged him as your provider, as your healer? You know, right now you might desire healing in your body, but but have you acknowledged him as your healer? You wouldn't understand. Try telling that to a blind person who just got healed. Sometimes we just need to put the excuses aside 
put those aside and just say, you know what, no matter what, I will acknowledge who he is. I will acknowledge his sovereignty in my life. In acknowledging his sovereignty, you get his attention. You want God's attention? Acknowledge him. They cried out, son of David, son of David. You know, you'll have people around you right now that will be silencing you. That will be telling you to be quiet. will be telling you, your God isn't real. Your God can't heal. Your God can't do this. But all the more you should cry out. All the more you should cry out and declare who he is in your life, around your situation, around your family. All the more. Because in that moment, you know what? You get his attention. You get his attention. Through all the noise on that road that day, Bartimaeus, he sat on the ground and yelled even more and even more and even more. And then it says he got Jesus' attention. He got his attention. In acknowledging him, his sovereignty, you get his attention. Faith acknowledges God. It acknowledges God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. O Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard. What is the need right now that you're praying for? What is that need? What is that desire that you are praying for now? And I I love this moment. They didn't even have to speak it. All they had to do is answer the question, do you believe I'm able? Do you believe I'm able? Do you believe he is able? Right now there's desires in your heart Right now, each and every one of us here, we've got different desires, we've got different callings, maybe we've got different needs, different circumstance right now that we're all battling. You know, we don't need to speak it out. But the question that God asks you is, do you believe? Do you believe? He's not asking you to give voice to that situation. But he's saying, do you believe? Do you believe? In other words, we need to actually affirm our belief. It's like, hey, do you believe? And their response is this, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In other words, what they're saying is, you know what, we're going to affirm our belief right now. We believe that you are the Son of God. We believe that you are the Messiah. We believe you are the one. But yes, you can do it. Tonight, how many of us actually just need to say, yes, Lord? How many of us actually just need to go, God, I I believe. I believe. How is your belief when it comes to the impossible? 
Jesus says this. He says it's easier for a rich person to go or a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you believe? Do you believe in the impossible? Matthew 19, 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in the sovereign hand of God? What impossible situations do you face tonight? What's the impossible situation that you face tonight? What have you been battling with for years that you just need to go, yes, Lord, take it right now. Yes, Lord, I believe that you can breathe upon this situation, that you can bring it back to life. Do you believe that he is able? Do you believe that he is able? Do you believe? Affirm your belief. Tonight, he is able to heal. He's able to provide. He's able to bring peace of mind. He's able to bring you out of death and into life. He's able to heal your mind. He's able to bring back that which was lost. You know, even in in our life, Carolina and myself, you know, we've had situations where we've had to say, you know what, this is not on. God, we believe. We've had to go into the war room, into that place where just to, to pray to God and say, God, right now, we need you to come through. We need you to move over our family. We need you to move over our finance. We need you to move over the health of our kids. You know, there are a number of times where we've had to pray for our four kids individually because there are times in their life where, you know, the devil has tried to take us out of what we do in ministry through our kids. There was a time, I think it was when Judah was born, and we were seeing thousands of teenagers come to know God. Thousands. We would do rallies, and there'd be 2,000 teenagers there or whatever, and then we would come home, and as we would walk in, Judah would be blue on the bed. There he'd be. And it would only ever happen at those moments those moments where God was coming through, where people were getting saved, when things were taking place. And we had to decide in ourselves, do we believe? Yes, we have a God that is able. Yes, we have a God that heals. Yes, we have a God that protects. Yes, we have a God. And I remember those moments where I would walk in, Caroline was in there, and all of a sudden I would see Judah there. And I'd be like, whoa, I'd pick him up. He was only maybe eight weeks old or something like that. I'd pick him up. It would be like, I remember we went to doctors and tried to find out what it was. What, and it would only happen at certain times. And in the end, we're like, God, right now, naturally, no one can tell us. Naturally, this should not be happening. So God, this is your job right now. God, this is... Your child, you need to protect it if you want us to stay doing what we're doing. Because I believe you're able. And after that moment, there was never an episode. 
I think in the whole time there were like three episodes. And so there comes a time where you've got to put your faith in God. Naturally, it looks impossible. Naturally, there there are no answers. But there's a knowing where God, I'm going to affirm your sovereignty in this place. I'm going to affirm that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. I'm going to right now affirm that you are able to bring healing to that situation. You are able. You are more than able. And even if you don't, I know that you are able. So you better do something. So you better do something. There comes those times. He is able. Do you believe I am able to do this? Yes, Lord. And in that moment, as these blind men are in the house, he touches their eyes. And he makes that statement. According to your faith. According to your faith, let it be to you. Let it be to you. According to your faith. Hmm. Don't you hate this part? Honestly. Honestly. Couldn't have just said according to the pastor's faith. (laughs) Accordingly. Couldn't it just be, you know, Cam, you're the youth pastor. According to your faith. According to the young person's faith. According to the... No, according to your faith. According to my faith. According to my faith. And when it comes to being according to your faith, it means that you actually just have to leave everything that you know, every natural thing that's holding you back. You've just got to go, God, isn't it hard letting go of stuff? It's so hard. Because sometimes there's security in what you know. There's there's like stability because you know what's going to happen. You know, know, in life, those, those things that you do and you just know the outcome. But sometimes those things are the things that we just actually need to let go in order to receive our miracle. What would have happened if blind Bartimaeus hadn't have taken off his identity? I believe these blind men, as they walked into the house, they would have just left their jackets at the door. They would have just walked in and go, you know what? I'm not walking out of this place without a miracle. For some of us in this room, we we need to get into our prayer closets. And whatever that situation is, you've got to wrestle with God. You've got to go in there and you're going, God, I'm leaving everything at the door because I'm going to go out with my miracle. Because I'm going to go out with my healing. I'm going to go out with my provision. I'm going to go out with my peace of mind. I'm going to go out with my, you know, my kids being saved. I'm going to go out because I'm desperate. Because I'm desperate. 
it all actually comes back to us. It comes back to us as individuals. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able, I love this scripture, to be, do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power, listen to this, that works in us. According to the power that works in us. It's according to the power that works in us. We're able to do exceedingly abundantly according to the power that works in us. That power is the Holy Spirit. That power is God Himself. As Christians, we should never depend upon the natural. We are called to always depend upon the spiritual. Depend upon Jesus Christ Himself. It's called the God factor. The God factor. Yeah, if we're going to enter in to all that God has for us, then we need to believe in Him. We need to have faith in Him. Hebrews 11 talks about it. All the generals, all the heroes of the Bible. By faith, Abel offered to God a sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was taken away and did not see death. He didn't see death. Enoch, he was this with God. He was so close with God that God decided, you know what, I love your company. Come with me. Let's go. We're talking about it today. Maya comes home and starts talking about Enoch. How is that? By faith. He didn't see death. By faith, Noah built an ark. In the middle of a desert, built an ark. They'd never seen rain. But by faith, he built an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. By faith, Sarah conceived. By faith, nearly a hundred years old. And God's like, hey, you're going to have a baby. She laughed. As if God's like, hey, I hear you laughing. No, I didn't. But she's still noted here by having faith. By faith, Moses led the people out of Egypt. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. By faith tonight, we can head into the promises that God has installed for us. By faith. By faith. Together, we believe that by faith, God can bring revival to our community. Together, by faith, we believe that God can bring restoration to families. By faith, we believe that God can bring healing to our community, to our world. By faith, I believe that God can move through you and in you. By faith. But do we believe? Do we have the ability to believe? It's easy to believe the tangible, the tried, the tested. But what about believing the impossible? 
the impossible that God has set in your heart. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.